Hello baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year, I promise. And there is no off-season. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Hey, um, I'm back doing a podcast today. It is the day I'm recording this is the 11th day of June 2017. The last podcast I dropped was actually May 30th, 2017, and I said I was going to drop another podcast later that week, and do you know what happened? I just, you know, life got a little bit in the way, and I got involved in something that took me traveling, and quite frankly, I, I just couldn't do it. Now, the strange thing is, is that when I did the daily podcast, the most common question I got was, how do you do it every single day? And I just I said, well, I find the time. I make it happen. And since I stopped doing the daily podcast, I found myself asking, how the hell did I do that every single day? So I apologize this one has been so late coming, but um, I assure you I'll make up for it. I'll make for it because I'm also, as I said before and as I hinted before, uh, I'm working to do a big-time revamping of the whole Sully Baseball podcast experience, which will mean a brand-new RSS feed, which will mean a brand-new way to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I will be making those announcements pretty soon because I'd like to get it launched sometime, maybe probably around the All-Star break. Around the time, I'm also going to unveil the latest in the in-memoriam videos that I do every single year. Uh, at least every year since 2014, there will be an In Memoriam 2017, which will be unveiled just before the All-Star break, and uh, that very well may be when I unveil the brand new podcast, too. Maybe I'll make everything happen at the same time. So I, I got a few tweets from some people saying, hey, where, where's the latest podcast? Huh? When are you going to drop the next one? Huh? Basically a lot of parrots. Um, but... I'm dropping this one, and I am going to drop at least one more this week to try to make up for lost time here. So thanks for, you know, bearing with me and, you know, sticking through this here. Um, I want to bring something up because, you know, we are going to do, I'm going to do another edition of the teams that should have won. But I want to take a look at something today. There was a game that took place on Saturday, okay? And it was a uh, tightly contested game. And it's probably not the game you're going to think I'm talking about here. I'm not going to talk about the Yankees game, which was an absolute wild blowout. I'm not going to talk about the Red Sox game, where they had yet another, you know, taking advantage of the meltdown of the Detroit Tigers bullpen. Nice nostalgia for 2013. Nope. I'm going to talk a little bit about Diamondbacks Brewers. What? Why am I talking Diamondbacks Brewers? Especially a game where some of the big stars on the you know prospective teams, like Paul Goldschmidt, you know, did not come through with a big game today. And it was not a game that was started by any of the big star pitchers on either team. That that much is true. That much is true. But I want to just point something out to everyone here. What is today's date? Today is the 11th of June. We are in the middle of June. 
we are, we were right, you know, we're, 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 it's still, there's a lot of baseball left to be played. But we are into the middle third of the season. And as I've said, if you break the season up into thirds, this is the third where you have to stop and ask yourself, what are we? Are we a contender? Or are we not? As I'm recording this, the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks could potentially be a playoff preview. Now stop and think about that for a second. The National League was supposed to be the predictable league. We knew the teams that were going to be contenders. We knew the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Nationals, and some combination of St. Louis, the Mets, the Giants were going to be the teams in the National League, and everyone else didn't have a chance. Well, as it turns out, the two teams who participated in the wild card last year, the Mets and the Giants, well, they are a big pile of nothing this year. Giants are 13 games under 500. The Mets are, what, eight games under 500, I believe. And even with winning, you know, sweeping a doubleheader today, the Mets are still significantly behind the Washington Nationals. They are 12 games back. They're, they're 11 games back in the lost column of Washington and are a sub-500 team. Now, another team that right now is a sub-500 team is the defending world champion Chicago Cubs. Now, do I think we should break up the Cubs? Do I think it's a lost season? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But we're at a point where the Cubs have to say, okay, we we got to start dusting ourselves off right now. If you're the Milwaukee Brewers, you got to take one look around and go like, wait a minute. Are we contenders? No, seriously, are we contenders? You know, the Cubs are on a four-game losing streak right now. And they're one game under five hundred. Now, the best thing that could possibly happen to the Cubs is the fact that the Cardinals are also a sub-500 team, the Pirates are a sub-500 team, the Reds are a sub-500 team right now, only the Brewers, who are three games above five hundred, are the only teams with their noses above water right now in that whole division. So it is, you could say that the Brewers have been overachieving, and if you say, okay, for the next, I don't know, two-thirds of the season, or however long it is, it's, or what would be like the, what was it, be the the next, um, what was it, four-sixths of the season? No, that would be two-thirds. Jeez, it would be the next four-sevenths of the season? I don't know. And neither do you. To quit pretending you know how to break down the math of this. You know, for the rest of the way, if the Cubs could somehow play three games better than the Brewers the rest of the way, they will win the National League Central. But there is a possibility. When you get beyond the one-third mark, when you get halfway through June, you know, July is staring us in the face not too long from now. If you get to that point and you are a sub-500 team, that could be who you are. That could be what the Cubs are. Now, I don't think that for a second, but there have been many times I've looked at teams that oh, they're going to wind up 
having a great year and blah, 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 blah. And you're looking at the fact that, you know, the players on the Cubs, the batters on the Cubs, with a few exceptions, are really underperforming. I mean, they're not getting good seasons out of Schwarber. They're not getting a MVP caliber season out of Bryant. They're getting a lousy hitting from Addison Russell. They're not getting good hitting from Ben Zobrist. You go down the line, that lineup isn't that good right now. And Lackey stinks this year. Lester has been up and down. Arietta has been up and down. You know, Wade Davis has been very good, but the rest of the bullpen has been up and down. Carl Edwards has been pretty good. You know, this is not a the dominant team of last year, which just goes to show you how difficult it is to repeat. How difficult it is to say, yeah, this is a team that is expected to go back to the World Series, expected to make a dynasty of it. This is going to be a dynasty. How many times have we seen teams that have won it all and that people expect them to be a dynasty, win multiple titles? You know, the White Sox under Guillen, when they won in 2005, and they had that pitching staff and that lineup lined up, it was like, geez, this team's going to win a bunch. They made it back to the playoffs once. Same thing with the Mets in 86. Same with the Tigers in 84. They only had one other trip to the postseason after that. Same with the Phillies where they won the World Series in 08. And then after falling short in the World Series the next year, getting Halliday, getting Cliff Lee back, it was the World Series was going to be the private possession of the Philadelphia Phillies from this day forth. Or maybe not. And sometimes it's just difficult to get good quality seasons back-to-back. I mean, the whole even-year thing with the Giants has been, well, this is a team that is... You know, it has talent, but, you know, every other year it comes together, and every other year it doesn't. It's tough to repeat. Now, you take a look at some of the teams that are in first place right now. I mean, I know it's too early to say if the playoffs started today, but let's just take a look. If the playoffs started right now in the National League, how surreal some of this would be. Okay, you have the Washington Nationals, and the Washington Nationals... Are, even though they've they've lost the last two games and the Mets have won the last two games, the Nationals are going to run away with this division. So the playoffs started today. The best team in the National League is, drumroll, the Colorado Rockies. They would play the winner of the wildcard game, which would be the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks. Meanwhile, Washington would play Milwaukee, and the Cubs would be playing golf. And Washington-Milwaukee, I mean, this game that was played today, there is a scenario with the playoffs as they're currently constituted that would say a nationally championship series, excuse me, between the Brewers and the Diamondbacks is actually possible. Is it probable? No. Do I think Milwaukee will come back to the pack? Yes. Do I think Arizona has what it takes to make it to the postseason? Well, actually, actually, 
If the Cardinals can't get out of their way, and the Pirates can't get out of their own way, and the Mets can't get out of their own way, and the Giants can't get out of their own way, and you take a quick peek at the Arizona Diamondbacks, and you say, now wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Paul Goldschmidt having a heck of a season. You have someone named Robbie Ray and Zach Greinke are at the top of that rotation. I've said this before, but I'm actually beginning to believe in Arizona. If they keep getting big home runs from Jake Lamb, like they've been getting, and if A.J. Pollock comes off the disabled list, and, and David Peralta continues to hit pretty well, you could look up and say, okay, sure. Chris Owens, hitting well. Fine. I get it. You know, they're starting rotation. It's pretty good. It's it's I think it's you know it, it's it certainly is top heavy. And you have you know, their bullpen could use another closer, but hey, there's always relievers for sale. This is what I'm talking about this this middle part of the year that if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks, you've been given a chance to say we could contend, couldn't we? Yeah, it would have been nice if they didn't have the Shelby Miller for, for Dansby Swanson trade on their side. But this is also a bizarre vindication for Tony LaRussa and Dave Stewart and the, and the front office who had been so maligned recently. I'm actually starting to believe in Arizona. Now, Milwaukee, who was supposed to be just complete rebuild mode, and supposed to be looking up and okay, whoever any anyone who's good this year, you know, if Braun got off to a terrific start. If you know, um, who else would if uh, Jonathan VR got off to a terrific start, he would turn around and potentially trade him. You know, but right now, Chase Anderson, Junior Guerra, Jimmy Nelson. I know that's not superstar pedigree right now when I when I mention those names. But that's the way they've been pitching, you know that that's a pretty good rotation they have. And Zach Davies as well. And and a player who I never I, did you know who uh Corey Nebel was? Alright, maybe if you're if you really follow the Brewers really closely. But this was a guy who was you know, they, I think he was in the Giovanni Gallardo trade. And he's come up and he is doing the job out of the bullpen. Quite well, thank you very much. And if you look up and you see Milwaukee, who I thought, you know, I, I praised them over the last couple of years for basically making the right moves and, and trading and trying to get as much in terms of volume. But if you are seeing a Cubs team that can't get out of their own way, could this be a year where the Milwaukee Brewers could be in the postseason? And to really stop and think about one other really important thing in terms of, well, how baseball can unfold. As it stands right now, The three division winners in the National League, as of this recording, the three that are currently in the lead are Washington, 
Milwaukee, Colorado. Those would be the three National League division winners as of this recording. And the thing that struck me about that trio, can you guess one thing that would should strike you about that trio? Is that the Washington Nationals have never won the World Series. The city of Washington has won a championship with the Washington Senators of 1924, but that's, you know, different franchise. The Washington Nationals franchise has never won the World Series, not as the Expos, not as the Nationals. Okay, let's go to Milwaukee. Okay, the city of Milwaukee had a championship in 1957 with the Milwaukee Braves. But the Braves have since moved on. I don't know if you read about that. And the Brewers, not as the, when their first year, when they're called the Seattle Pilots, and ever since then, they're the Milwaukee Brewers. They have never won the World Series. The Colorado Rockies have never won the World Series. So there is a possibility that you could have, now, again, we have about four-sevenths of the season left to play. But you have three potential division winners who have never won the World Series, potentially getting in. And, and two of them were on nobody's radar going into this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of people may have been picking the Rockies as an outside potential for a contender for maybe the wild card. But no one was seeing them as a division champ. That is something in terms of baseball. Isn't that what people want? New titles? New successes, new fan bases getting super into it. And isn't it in the baseball's best interest to have a game between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Arizona Diamondbacks? And have people saying to themselves, could this be a potential playoff matchup that we're watching right now? You know, it's not long ago that mentioning a Brewers versus the Diamondbacks would have been the absolute epitome of bringing up a meaningless game that would appeal to virtually nobody except friends and family. And if I had said the NLCS would be between the Brewers and the Diamondbacks, chances are most of you would think, oh man, what a nightmare that would be for baseball. What a nightmare. You know, they want to have the Mets versus the Dodgers or the Cubs versus the Mets, the Red Sox versus the Yankees and did I mention the Red Sox versus the Yankees? And that's something that kind of gets me frustrated as a baseball fan. And it has been getting me frustrated for quite a while now. And it's the notion that unless it's a big market team, Baseball has no idea what to do with itself, and there's something to poke fun at from a fan point of view. And one reason why it's frustrating is that I also hear that when it is Red Sox-Yankees or some big matchup like that, when it was Cubs-Mets a few years ago, I hear complaints that all it is is big market teams who win all the time. So which is it? This should be something that we should look at right now and say, hey, wait a minute. Baseball must be doing something right right now. Because the Milwaukee Brewers, who have been terrible, 
are in first place in the middle of June. The Arizona Diamondbacks are a playoff team in the middle of June. The Colorado Rockies are a first place team in the middle of June. And you go over to the American League, okay, yeah, you got the Red Sox and Yankees at the top. You also have the Astros and you have the Twins. Now, what makes this significant is that what's happened, you know, it's happened in our town here with my kids. It's probably going to happen soon around the country. School's going to be out. It's going to be summertime. And so we're entering the summer with some teams that you don't expect looking at their fan bases and say, yeah, school's out. Guess what? The D-backs are a playoff team. School's out. Come to Miller Park and cheer on the Brewers because you never know. You know how those fans felt to the south of you? When the White Sox finally won a title? When the Cubs finally won a title? This could be your shot to finally win a title. And you look at you, you take it back over to the American League you have the Astros who have never won a championship are running away with their division right now. This should be something that we're really celebrating because we're running out of those old-fashioned curses. Yes, Cleveland still has a big cross to bear in terms of the Indians never winning. And let me just open this up a little bit in terms of sports right now. How happy are Cleveland fans that LeBron James and company won that title last year with that wild Game 7 against Golden State. Because if the city of Cleveland was still without a title and would watch them lose three straight NBA titles and lose Game 7 of the World Series and extra innings at home, that, that would just be too much. That would be too much. This is why Cleveland needed that win to sort of take the air out of the balloon there in in, in terms of the agony of the fan base but 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 I digress for a minute we are potentially looking at a year where a bunch of teams that have never won could finally give their fan bases that moment that they've been waiting their whole lives to see and some of them are the absolute epitome of small market teams that can't afford the big stars we're looking at a year where you can kind of sort of look around and go like, which, which fan base are we going to relieve right now? Which fan base are we going to surprise with a title? This should be something that is truly a positive. If you can say, yeah, be a baseball fan it, and, and commit to the emotion where that emotion is for the, through the summer. On those summer days where you can say, yeah, I'm going to get to know these players. Because this, this could be the squad that I hold to my bosom for the rest of my life. Because they're the team that, developed the, that, that finally delivered the title. I, I don't know how Milwaukee's doing this. I really don't. But they're doing it. And partly because the Cubs can't get out of their own way right now. Partly because some of the teams that should be winning a lot aren't. But there have been cases in the past 
were teams that you look at and go, well, they're just taking advantage because the big, the big superstar team is you know off to a sluggish start. But this this team will die off in a minute. I remember in two thousand eight, the Red Sox were the defending world champs. They looked better than ever. Yeah, they got off to an okay start. The Rays got off to a fast start, but the Rays have never had a winning season in their life. They'll fade. They'll fade. They wound up in the World Series. The Giants were coming off of a World Championship in 2010 and got off to a little bit of a clunky start, but even went, who else is going to win the, the Diamondbacks are in first. What, do you think the Diamondbacks are really going to win the division in 2011? Please. The Giants are going to win this eventually. Oh, wait. Diamondbacks won the division. I bet you forgot that. In 2012, the Nationals got off to such a fast start, but everyone knew that, look, at the, the Braves are a playoff team, the Marlins are stacked, the Phillies are the best team in baseball. We're not going to win anything this year in Washington. In fact, we're going to shut, we'll, we're going to announce that Strasburg's innings are, are going to be limited because, you know, we hope to win 83-84 games, but it's not like we're going to win the division this year. Oh, wait, they did. It happens from time to time in baseball. It happens more frequently than you think. So if you're looking around, you're Arizona, you're Colorado, you're Milwaukee right now. You have to look up and say, wait a minute. This could be that window of opportunity that we didn't expect. And you have to take advantage of it now. Does that mean Milwaukee should trade all their best prospects in the world to get to fill in the holes? I don't know. Maybe a few. Sometimes letting go of that big, huge prospect, while it may get some of the, the, the prognosticators of baseball wringing their hands, sometimes it leads to something positive. The Royals caught shit for trading Will Myers, their best prospect. And, and a couple other players, including Jake Odorizzi, to bring in James Shields and Wade Davis. And they got crap for it. But Shields in that rotation for the Royals helped. And Wade Davis eventually was standing on the mound with his arms up in the air when the Royals finally won the World Series. And that's a World Series I don't believe they would have won had they not pulled the trigger on that trade. Had they not gone to the World Series the year before with Shields and not had Wade Davis transform himself into one of the elite relievers in the game. So if I'm one of those teams, if I'm Arizona, if I'm Colorado, if I'm Milwaukee, hell, if I'm Houston, and I say, wait a minute, if I let go of the reins on this one prospect, what if that filled in a hole and that prospect... Now, it may help someone down the line. But the, the the Stargate, the Venn diagram, I don't know how, what other categories can I use for this. That you will have a summer where people want to go to the ballpark and see your team. And you can, I mean, if nothing else, to sell some hot dogs, and foam wear number one fingers at the ballpark for markets that maybe weren't thinking 
they, they thought there were going to be a bunch of empty seats this year to fill it because they, hey, look it, show up. We've got a shot. And trading that one prospect to, to get that team, to get that player in there. Sometimes it backfires, but do you know what team did it right a few years ago? Milwaukee. They had a can't-miss superstar outfielder in their system. But they also know that they had a surprise year in 2007 where they were contending for a wild-card spot. They didn't quite make it, but they wound up having a winning season. They saw in 2008 they had a chance to finally get back to the postseason. And they had this young superstar outfielder who was a can't-miss player. But they also knew they had a chance to fill in a gigantic hole. And so they took the risk. Trading a player who they knew was going to be a superstar and getting C.C. Sabathia, which is exactly what they did. And Sabathia essentially pitched them into the postseason. Granted, it cost them a superstar. That superstar being Matt Laporta. Now, no offense to Matt Laporta, but he didn't turn out to be a superstar. He didn't turn out to be the great player that the scouts thought he was going to be. He turned out to be someone who had trouble making the team in Cleveland and ultimately seeing his career fizzle away. If they didn't pull the trigger on that, then you don't have a summer of contending baseball in Milwaukee and postseason ball and, and those sorts of memories and things that can be that you could build upon. We've all seen what happens in the postseason. Punch a ticket, get in, do your best. And you're seeing. Look at I we all knew the American League was gonna be a crap shoot this year. We all knew that. We all knew that you could make an argument. I said it, you could make an argument for any team in the American League going into this season. Okay? But the National League, that was supposed to be ironclad. And it turns out it's not. And so for those who find themselves in this position, don't be too precious with your prospects. This could be that summer that you get your fan base excited because there's a reason to come to the ballpark. Those windows of opportunity are there. And you don't know when they're all going to click. You don't know when they're all going to fire on those cylinders. So listen to me, Arizona. Listen to me, Colorado. And listen to me, Milwaukee. There comes a time where it may make sense to be reckless. It may make sense to shoot from the hip. Now, the Diamondbacks did exactly that, trade Dansby Swanson for Shelby Miller, and that blew up in their face. Don't become gun-shy because of that. You can fill, if you can make the deal, take the shot that could get you into October this year, then do you know what? Do it. Do it. We've seen that the window of opportunity to win is not always great with your, with your certain teams. We saw it's closing rapidly for the Kansas City Royals, but they can 
strut like a peacock saying, yeah, at least we got two pennants and a championship out of it. It's frustrating when it's Oakland and you've gone to, you know, three straight postseasons and couldn't advance. Take the shot. You could make the argument that the A's tried to do that in 2014, training for Samarjan and training for John Lester. And that sacrificed Ioannis Cespedes. There's a lot of people who felt that that was an unnecessary risk. I'm, I could go either way, although I totally understand why they made that deal. I do. But, you've got to take the shot. It's mid-June. If for no other reason, get the kids and their parents to say, hey, maybe we'll go. Ah, they stink. Actually, no, they're in first place. Really? Huh. Maybe this is Milwaukee's year. And the notion of that window of opportunity and not thinking that that window of opportunity is going to be in perpetuity brings me to the team that should have won. I'm going to continue this series, and I promise I'll talk about it, and it fits into this category. The Washington Nationals. Now, I brought about that 2012 team. That 2012 team that hangs over the Nationals franchise because of the decision to not start Steven Strasburg in the postseason. All people are tired of hearing that. People are tired of hearing that. But you can't choose your fate. You can't choose how people identify you. You can't choose your identity. You can't. And the notion of just saying, ah, forget that and everything. No, that's going to hang over the franchise until they win it all. Now, you could make the argument and be a very, make a very compelling argument that you could say, hey, wait a minute. The Nationals held back. They didn't start Strasbourg in that postseason. They lost the bottom of the ninth of Game 5 to St. Louis. <clears throat> so they didn't advance. But the Nationals did win the division in 2014 with Strasbourg. They did win the division in 2016, although Strasbourg wasn't on the playoff roster. And right now they're running away with the division in, in 2017. So you can say in the years after 2012, they will probably have made three more trips to the postseason. So you can make a compelling argument that, hey, that may have been the right thing to do in the long run. But here's the thing. No one remembers that. That's not how people think of baseball. They think in terms of winning championships. And whether or not that's fair or not. The Giants winning three championships, including two of those years where they wound up, you know, two of those years against the, when the Nationals were in it. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that the Giants could walk around strutting and say, yeah, we won all these titles, even though they were inferior to the, the Nationals in two of those seasons. You know, it only is judged upon the titles won. No one remembers that Los Angeles won the division in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Nobody. No one gives a crap. They won four division titles. They only think in terms of titles 
world championships. And so the notion that the Nationals made it to the postseason in a surprise year, held back an all-star caliber pitcher, the starting pitching by the Nationals in that postseason, that series against the Cardinals, was terrible. You can look it up. Their starting pitching was awful. And the bullpen melted down when they were on the verge of winning that series. It was a combination of the two. And it's not out of line to say if Strasburg was on that team, they may have been able to win that series. But even if they, they didn't, you would say at least they're playing with all their best players. So you would think the year that I would pick to say the team that should have won for Washington would have been that year, 2012, but it's not. That's not the year I'm going to say for them. Nor am I going to say last year when they got to that do-or-die game with the, with the L.A. Dodgers, of which they had to bring Clayton, the Dodgers had to bring Clayton Kershaw out of the G.D. bullpen. Notice I said G.D. Ray. I didn't say God damn it. And <laughs> that they had to bring out Clayton Kershaw to get the save. Because I believe that Nationals team would have lost to the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs were just that good last year. No, the team I'm going to pick in terms of the team that should have won for Washington was 2014. 2014 had the Nationals won the World Series that year would have been everything would have been perfect that year. It would have been perfect. Now granted they didn't have Max Scherzer yet. Okay. They didn't have Scherzer yet. They still had Matt Williams managing the team and man was he, you know, the first the, this is the strangest thing about the 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 Nationals winning three titles in you know, three division titles in 2012, 2014, 2016, is they had a different manager each time. Davey Johnson was the manager in 2012. He retired. Matt Williams came in in 2014. He got fired, and now they have Dusty Baker. It's just interesting that you have this revolving door of managers there. And Matt Williams in that postseason, well, <laughs> let's just say he didn't really shine as a manager in that postseason. The next year he didn't shine as the Nationals had a complete meltdown down the stretch and wound up losing the division to the Mets and they had to let him go and then comes Dusty Baker. The fact that Dusty Baker was the manager in 2016 almost made me want to pick that year. The fact that Davey Johnson was the manager in 2012 made me think, you know, if they had won that year, Davey Johnson would be in the Hall of Fame. And if Dusty Baker wins, he'd be in the Hall of Fame as a manager. But that 2014 season, a bunch of things completely fell into place with the team. Now, if you took a look at that team in 2014, they did not necessarily get a great year out of Bryce Harper. But Bryce Harper was still super, super young when they won. And he wound up having a phenomenal postseason that year in their one season that they had, the, the one series that they had with the San Francisco Giants. I'll get to that in a second. 
Now, when you looked at that Nats team, they went, what was their final record? They went 96 and 66, okay? Uh, Which was two games behind what they did in 2012 and one game ahead of what they did last year. But they, they won the division somewhat decisively. They got a very good year out of Adam LaRoche. They got a very good year out of Ian Desmond in terms of power, at least. They got a good year of Anthony Rundon. Um, Bryce Harper had an up-and-down year. Remember, people were wondering, ooh, is he, was he all hype and, 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 and no real substance? Forgetting the fact he was 21 years old that year. We forget how young that guy is. And they wound up getting wonderful seasons out of Jordan Zimmerman, out of Tanner Roark, out of... They got a good, solid season out of Gio Gonzalez. But they also got a very good year out of Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg struck out 242 batters in 215 innings pitched. He pitched to a solid ERA of 3.14. He won 14 games along the way. The reason why I picked that year is they wound up winning the division. They wound up going to the division series. They won the they won the division by 17 games over Atlanta and the Mets. They were the only team with a winning record. And they wound up playing a San Francisco Giants team that was the the only reason they were even in the division series because the Pirates probably had a better team than the Giants that year was that Bumgarner threw a good, solid, you know, complete game shutout in the uh, wildcard game with Pittsburgh. And the Nationals looked like they just had a much better team than San Francisco that year. They looked like the best team in the National League. And you look at the other teams who were postseason teams, that the Nats, the Dodgers were flawed, the Cardinals were flawed. This was the year that everything parted and looked like a Nationals clear run to the pennant. And they won one game against San Francisco. Do you know who they beat? They beat Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner got his only loss against Washington. And if you had said to me, hey, Washington's going to come into San Francisco and beat Bumgarner in AT&T Park, then you would have thought that was a sweep. And the Nationals lost three games in the division series by one run. And not only that, they lost an 18-inning game at home where they had the lead with two outs at the top of the ninth. And Sandoval... Uh, tied the game. And that meant they had the ninth, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th to get one damn run. And they didn't. They didn't get the one damn run. And if they had gotten that one damn run, even though San Francisco won game one by one run, they would have gotten the momentum of the series back. And had they beat um, 
Bumgarner in Game 3, it just would have been a foregone conclusion that the Nationals would have won. And instead they lost. And they looked up and they saw San Francisco defeat a flawed St. Louis team. And then go on to face the Kansas City Royals in the World Series. Two wildcard teams. And you look up and you see everything lined up perfectly for Washington to win. And not only would it have been a victory, not only would it have been everything lined up, everything pointed in the same direction for the Washington Nationals to win that year, but they would have done so with a good Steven Strasburg, and of which the organization, Rizzo in the front office, the whole organization would be able to sit back and say, you see, you see, Sure, we didn't win in 2012. We won this year. And now we've won a title, and we're going to move forward. There is no monkey on our back. There is no pressure on us the way there was. Maybe 2015 unfolds differently without the big meltdown had they been the defending world champion. Maybe 2016 would have gone over different. Maybe they would have won another title without the pressure of, are we ever going to do it? And... Yeah, we held back Strasburg when we had a chance. That would have all been relieved in a year where, like the Red Sea, baseball parted for Washington to say, this is your year. And they took that and they punted. And not only did they not score all those extra innings, but Matt Williams didn't use his best relievers with the Giants rallying because of, oh, he went by the book. Oh, uh, you know, he's, I used this reliever in the eighth and this reliever in the ninth. The difference between a great playoff manager and Matt Williams was demonstrated in 2014. With the season on the line, Matt Williams managed like he was managing a game against, well, the Brewers. In June, I used this reliever in the 7th, I used this reliever in the 8th, I used this reliever in the ninth. With a season on the line, he didn't use his best pitchers, and it came back to bite him in the butt. And his best relievers didn't get into that final game because the Giants had already taken the lead. That's how he managed with the season on the line. With Bruce Bochy managing with the season on the line... In the World Series, he brought Jeremy Affeld out in the second. He brought Madison Bumgarner out in the fourth. <laughs> he managed differently. And that's why he has a, several rings on his finger. And the Washington Nationals are still looking for their first title. So while the great rallies that happened in those heartbreaking Game 5s in 2012 and 2016 still rig true, for Nationals fans, the team that should have won was 2014. Take the Strasburg monkey off of their backs and move forward and say, hey, we're a championship team. Let's see what we can do. So, all right, folks. So I, I have to write my list. i got to see how many more of these we have to do. But we're now in the middle of June. It's time to have fun. School's out, 
And if you're contending now, geez, you may actually be a contender. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. It's been a long time, at least for me, but we're back doing podcasts. This has been Sully Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You know what? Feel free to call me Sully.